Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Honda Classic Picks, Bets, Preview, One and Done, coming to you live, well not really live, live to tape, from the brand new Mayo Media Network Studios. Bear with us with the kinks that we're working out. It's the first show that we got going on. Want to remind everyone to smash the like button to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and then down in the description, give me your winner. For the Honda Classic, beyond 50 to 1. None of these favorites. We want a long shot. We've seen a long shot winner a few times in the past few years at PGA National. We had Keith Mitchell at triple digits. Matt Jones last year at triple digits. And when I say that we had them, I did not have them. Although I think that Jeff Feinberg may have had Keith Mitchell. But definitely not Matt Jones last year, did you? Definitely not Matt Jones. Definitely not Keith Mitchell. But uh, always a fun finish at Honda. To be perfectly honest, outside of last year, I think it gets a bad rep. A lot of fun finishes there. I've actually had a lot of heartbreak there. Had List in the playoff. Had, uh, I think, Fowler and Brooks when uh, Mitchell killed him off. I had Sergio blow a big lead to Scott. We had Berger in a playoff loss to Padraig, like the first year we ever knew each other. Uh, like pretty much the beginning of Berger time on the PGA Tour. So always fun, fun finishes there, but it's usually gotten the best of me, to be honest. Well, reminder to everyone to sub to the newsletter. That way you can get the final bets come Wednesday. I'll have the DraftKings show on Tuesday. And I'm thinking, Jeff, about launching the live chat in honor of the new studio to try that out again, probably noon Eastern time on Wednesday. And then, you know, we're, we're cooking with gas here. How you feeling? How's the knee? Uh, I'm Okay. I'm all right. I have surgery on Thursday, so that's exciting to already have that scheduled and booked. Uh, and I'm going to save my golf season. So, yeah, it's actually it's not an urgent. Sorry, it's not an emergency procedure, but it's pretty urgent that I get the procedure done. That's why I'm fortunate enough to be getting it so soon. So I'm pretty lucky in in that regard. Not urgent from my perspective, urgent from a medical perspective so it looks like my golf season is going to be saved i'm never really one of those cold weather golfers and uh yeah i'll miss the start of it but i don't know i'm all right i got a lot of uh you know it's fun to hit a golf winner so hit me up you know i i I don't move anywhere i go to bed pretty early pat because all the things i usually do like at nighttime i've already done in the day like smoke too much weed, watch too much TV, and do nothing. So hit me up. Send me your favorite, like, OnlyFans suggestion. And I'm rolling in it right now, boys. Let's go. Are, are you ready for rehab, or is that going to be your OnlyFans experience? That's going to be your rehab. <laughs> no, I'm uh, not excited for it, but I got to do it. I don't know. It's just what it is. It's going to be a pretty annoying one. So I've been told, but it's about, you know, eight to 10 weeks and 
Yeah, I don't know. There's a physio place apparently up the street from me, so we'll we'll see. I still got to get there, though. That's the problem. Even if it's close, it's still pretty far. I don't know. One thing at a time. I got to get through the week, and I'll be honest. I'm like a big wuss, so I don't know. We'll just, you know, knock me out. That's all I say. Knock me out. Give me the goods, and uh, I'll take it from there. Well, I did want to give a special shout out to my guy, Jamie, who ended up claiming the $20 tournament last week. Good for 300,000 bucks. I saw Cody. Cody was in fifth in that. Uh, Cody Dubois, you won like 10K. There was a lot of five-figure winners out there, viewers of the show. So congratulations to everyone. Jeff, I I had a little bit of heartbreak. Not that I really stressed too much out about it, but I could have subbed in Joaquin Neiman for Kevin Na and then won 100K in the $88 entry i only had the one lineup in and that's the only move the the one for one was all i needed in order to win that by like 30 35 points or something crazy i try not to dwell too much on that it's like you told me to bet neiman last week like a moron i didn't bet neiman and here i am i'm a loser i didn't win any money this week actually i hit a a partial i got the full each way on the cameron young first round leader because he was in second congratulations to me but more congratulations to everyone else out there who won big with him i can't believe neiman one night wasn't on him sucks yeah it was a nice number it just felt felt like the kind of event that i could suit him i guess hope would suit him i guess it seemed like pretty much for everybody even if you were off the fairway you had to get pretty bad luck to not have a play at at least the middle of the green or a distance putt and and lag putting would have been the key and he was outstanding in those regard in that regard while dominating when he had the ball in the fairway I think he made three eagles during the week, but let me ask you, someone who had a bet on Colin Morikawa to win that tournament, he ended up coming in second, obviously, with his surge on the back, actually all day Sunday, really. And then you having Neiman. Is there anyone more terrifying right now than Morikawa just making birdies left, right, and center? And like, as soon as, because I remember when he won the PGA Championship, he ended up chipping in from just off the green and that kind of like propelled him up and he just started making everything. I was stunned when he didn't make his putt on 18. And this is, I mean, he had a fantastic putting week, an aberration for Colin Morikawa. But it seems like it was even like at the Open last year, a concession last year. When he gets into winning time, like these 12-footers are no problem. I was stunned it didn't go in. Yeah, there were a couple putts, I think, that he he missed that it seemed like, um, you know, I guess the chipper, the chipping was there for him. I was nervous as shit that he was going to make that putt because then it's a one stroker. And then that just changes the whole perspective for Neiman. And it was a really like relief moment in the sense that Morikawa missed that putt and Neiman literally hit his best drive of the goddamn day on 18. Never stress-free. I mean, never stress-free. You thought, could it be? Once he did it birdie the first, it kind of felt like this was going to be an annoying day but hey we got there winning is freaking hard um and we'll get to it when we get to him because he's in the field and i kind of have a i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see you think he's going to try to pull uh, what was the year where what happened i think scott ended up inside like the top 10 at riviera then he won the honda you're talking about and then i think he won doral the next week after that, like guys can keep it going here through the, and I had to wear the pink. I had to wear the pink for the Florida swing 
this week, too. A reminder to everyone that lineups and first tee off is at 6 a.m. Eastern now. No more sleeping in, fine-tuning your lineups. I actually missed the Matt Fitzpatrick WD last week because I was on I was in Vegas, so I was on Pacific time. Totally forgot to set an alarm, got up. It's like, wow, there goes 33, 33% of my DraftKings lineups. That was fun. Fun week. Yeah, that absolutely sucks. I was obviously awake to, to be able to catch that. No, I, I'll just say it right now. I don't know, Neiman... I'm, I'm afraid to say it, but I guess I will fade him. You, you bring up that Scott reference, but that had to be an exhausting win. I mean, there's winning and then going wire to wire every night, sleeping on the lead. I don't know. I got some other bets. I've got a bet in that range and I got other ones. I'm thinking of not really thinking of betting on him to pull back to back. That was a, uh, that took everything. You know, if that thing went another half hour, I don't know if if we're celebrating. I mean, I may have been celebrating at that point if it turned out to be Morikawa who ended up doing it. I was just hoping, like, if he makes that putt on 18, I feel like the pressure is ratcheted up on Neiman coming down. You mentioned he hit that drive of the day on 18 because I was thinking if he makes the putt, then he only needs bogey. Like, doubling the 18 is probably pretty unlikely. So you put the pressure on him, and frankly, his drives on the back nine were not great whatsoever until he got to 18 yes drives for most part of the day were not great at all i mean he didn't leak too much oil but it also was he missed a lot of short putts so you'd have been nervous with that like five four and a half footer for par if that's what it would have come down to thankfully it was clean fairway clean green he kind of just held on and, and that huge eagle um chip in you know sort of i i guess allowed him to breathe again and I did not take Cameron Young serious for the win at any moment until he holed out on 15. Like at every moment, I thought he would just, um, no, I'm not really too serious about this thing yet. Uh, and then he, yeah, he held out on 15. I'm like, okay, now you're just here to the end as he was an incredible performance. I had went to the bathroom and came back in for that shot. He ends up chipping in. I thought it was for Eagle, not for birdie. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. We got a one shot lead all of a sudden. That just didn't turn out to be the case whatsoever. So you're lucky it was for birdie, not for Eagle. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Neiman was perfect. It shows you everything matters. You get him, you patch him up early. It felt like it was going to be a real, real wagon. His first, after the eight under on, on Thursday, his first hole of the day is that par five. He puts it to like three feet for Eagle. And it's kind of just instant separation. But again, it had to have been exhausting. Almost like once you back up that first day of scoring with another day, you're now going to bed with all those guys. You really thought Thomas would have made a move on Saturday. A guy made the birdie on the first hole, Pat, and he doesn't make another birdie to like 60 or something ridiculous um like that almost an embarrassing to be perfectly honest and Vic and Colin and, and even Scott and I don't know sleeping on that lead last on on the after the third round thinking all that can go wrong with a lot of the same players essentially trailing him so oh ba bag it any way you can but it, I guess it shows how rare pulling wire to wire really is we always bag on the coverage on this show, but I want to give a special shout out to CBS who looked like they really started to incorporate more drone footage. I actually quite enjoyed the coverage. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. It's never going to be exactly what I want, but considering where we were at this tournament, 
two years ago when Scott won, we weren't seeing the leaders hit the ball or anyone who was really in the mix. I thought they did a pretty good job this week. Yeah, you know what? I guess it's one of those things, Pat. They're like umpires. You only really recognize it when it goes wrong or bad. And to your point, I didn't really think about it, but I thought they did a quite a quite a good job. Like there wasn't a moment where they were tilting me like they normally do. And I guess you could say a CBS is finding its groove. We're now going to hand it off to NBC and company for quite a bit of a run here. Yeah. When do we get CBS back? Valspar? Is that the next one? Maybe one warm up before the Masters or something, no? Or a couple? What do they have? What is it? Valero the week before the Masters? It's probably then. Because I know most of Florida's NBC, because we have NBC through the players, because we have the all access feed for the players. And then Valspar is the next. Players week. is soon, though. Players is like two weeks away. Yeah, it's this week, Bay Hill, and then players. And then Valspar, then match play, then Valero, then the Masters. Is that off the top of my head? I think it's schedule. Not really sure. All right. Outed. Outed is not knowing the schedule. Fair enough. This is the you pay attention to what the players are wearing. I pay attention to the schedule. This is the yin and the yang of our show. Uh, quickly, Saudi looks like that's not happening anymore. <laughs> what a week, right? Like I don't know. People now debating how this can affect Phil's legacy, but it's quite remarkable how one by one they all pretty much killed that thing i i guess it feels undoing in many ways but at some point people were going to have to answer questions and even as we would have said a couple weeks ago that it's only a matter of time before they actually have to answer start answering questions are you going are you not going yada 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 and when it was actually time to answer those questions and make those decisions Everyone, it seemed like to a man, said, no, I got it pretty good here. I think that after the Phil interview, too, like, you know, Bryson comes out and says he's not playing. DJ releases a statement saying that he's not playing. Do you think that they were in or was it? I mean, we all of this was just speculation. It seemed like Phil was in. But when it came to everyone else, who knows? Like it, Bryson hadn't signed on the dotted line, obviously. For any of this stuff, he had just been off like rehabbing an injury. I think he probably had interest, but just to throw him as like, oh, yeah, he was most definitely there. Do we even know that? No, I don't think we do know that at all. I'm sure they flirted with a lot of them. I mean, they were all pretty much to a man called Rory had that pretty funny comment at his press conference early in the week saying like, OK, so it sort of seems like it's becoming a pre champions tour league like, OK, whatever um i'm not sure i think at some point they were all tempted with it adam scott and had those comments pat that i made a joke it sounded almost like these guys were eric bischoff offering less dates and more money and that's that was that, was, that was the first thing that popped in my mind especially when we got the coke rack news it's like oh they are taking like undercarters in the wwf in 1994 and being like hey here's five million to come to wcw you know and coke rack has that attitude that i guess is okay with golfers but it's the exact reason why you like pre-draft interviews in team sport it's like, are you just happy being drafted or do you actually want to win? You know, uh, you know, Kokrak made it pretty clear. Like, I'll just take the bag. And that's OK. Like that. Everyone, I guess, is entitled to do that. A part of it also feels like, well, no actual concessions were made. 
it was a very Green Bay to Aaron Rodgers like plea. Like, no, we'll fix things for you. There were some emergency meetings on the tour. Even Keith Pelly, the Euro Tour president, flew in uh, to Riviera, and it was like, we'll make some. I, like, maybe there were some assurances that they'll look into things and try to do better in the areas where players feel they aren't doing enough. But this whole thing coming out as like Phil's grift to have been able to sell NFTs and not giving a sh- like it's so freaking weird, man. Well, it seems like everyone who was in on Phil has now turned on Phil because of this. But let me let me pose this to you. What if this was the plan all along? Phil is anti-Saudi League, so he said he'd join just to make ridiculous comments so everything would blow up and this would never happen. This is like him getting back at Greg Norman because he hates Greg Norman or something. I could argue that this is more like an elaborate scheme by Billy Walters to get back at Phil. Like make Phil the face of something and pull the rug out from under him and embarrass the shit out of him. I don't know. I don't think this is going to have any long lasting effects for Phil. I really don't. Phil's going to show up and like, he'll dare you to say something. He already Pat. Be careful what you say. Like he's gone on like a Patrick Reed internet blockade. Like he blocked everybody who besmirched him in the slightest from like actual golf media to literally people with like 28 followers or something like I don't I don't know but at some point he's gonna have to answer some questions he's not gonna be able to dodge it for much longer everyone else was able to answer it by like you heard a rumor that rumor wasn't true I'm with the PGA tour you know Phil's in some way really what like the emperor with no clothes or something I uh, Tim would have a better analogy or way of 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 putting it in in some grander scale but yeah i I don't know but he's also got the swag to be like no whatever next event i'm like want to play in i'm going to show up and act as if nothing happened because he's phil and he could probably get away with that i'm guessing we see him at the players right yeah how can we not but does Phil not strike you as like, did this tarnish him to a point, Pat, where while I said, yeah, he can play, no one's ever going to make a big deal about it where he can't play and just be Phil. Do you think this holds a negative enough stain where like that, but even before he won the PGA, we thought, wow, like if CBS wants to pull the Romo with Phil, he would be fantastic. And then when he won the PGA, there were like stories like maybe that could happen, but Phil's asking for insane, like quarterback one NFL money. Like uh, that's crazy. I guess if they want to pay it, but that'd be great. Like, does that sort of take the, like, will networks now not want him in in that big of a role? Like did that part of his legacy or potentially take a, a tarnish in some respect? I don't know. Like who is it really tarnished by besides like Hardo golf Twitter guy? Yeah, who even noticed? Yeah, no I don't one. even know if my dad would know what happened. I don't like think he's a 79-year-old man who watches golf on TV all the time. He not, doesn't have a Twitter account, not betting on anything. He's not following it in the micro sense. He loves to golf and then come home and watch the best in the world play golf on TV and wouldn't even know if they're showing rain-delayed coverage. Wouldn't even know. No. And, I mean, there's two ways you can play. You can play it like nothing ever happened deflect, dodge any question that comes through to it, 
Or you just pull the, was it Jason Giambi? Remember when Jason Giambi apologized for doing steroids before anyone else did? And then like no one had a problem with Jason Giambi anymore. You just do that. Be like, yeah, it too, I right? I, I fucked up. And then everyone doesn't care anymore. It's like, oh, Phil, great honesty. Pettit also. I think, yeah, he got the opposite of Clemens because he just apologized and people let him move on. Yeah, I, I, people would let Phil move on. Although to the other part of it that it only got to like golf hardo Twitter, Pat, it appears it was an international story. Like it was covered all over the world by a lot of major publications. So I don't know how hardened I want to say that it was just this minor part of the internet. I mean, if they, if it was going to be like the Saudi golf tour yet, they were going to have a whole bunch of events, the majority of them in the United States anyway, and have like a rival PGA tour. I get that the Saudis want the positive press for themselves, but what if it was just venture capitalist firm tries to start new golf tour and it was just like a, a shell venture firm. That's where they put their money. Would anyone have cared? No, but and in some respects, I feel like that might have been their initial objective and they were outed in that regard. Um, I don't know. The Saudis throwing anything they can at, at sports on like a world scale. And I, you know, I this is all. I don't know. I, I don't know what their agenda is here also. Like, what did they think would would happen you know as people joke like every week would feel like an inferior hero challenge like okay people would would watch i i i don't i don't know i don't know I, what would i got, gotten to bet paul casey at 11 to 1 every week like i'd gotten bored of that maybe yeah i don't even like betting on the hero to begin with and that has like the top 20 players in the world in it, and that's gonna be it it's an unwatchable tournament it also happens in the middle of december i'm not really caring about golf at the time i don't know eventually you do it everyone gets pissed off and then a year into it no one really cares anymore i assume that's the game plan and like the objective where they were coming from is that after the initial shitstorm of everything that happens and all the negative press that people just stop caring and it's just something that exists and people move on with the rest of their lives I would. Um, so is it dead now? I don't, I don't know if it's dead or not. It doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. You, I you, don't have you, a clue. You, you can credit Cuss. Cuss said that an alternate golf league would work, and then he had to come out and say, "Well, I guess it wasn't this one. It will be something else." Though. Yeah, I guess no. We were, as we said, in that regard. You know, some like. TV advancements or some fun things, maybe, but yeah, weird. I don't know. Really eerie week. I guess Phil can just keep on keeping on being, being Phil. I don't know. Did you watch the Tiger segment at the Genesis? Yeah, I did. I didn't, I don't know. People found it really awkward. Yeah. I, it was only awkward because Nance just kept pressing, like, when are you going to be back? Are you going to play the Masters? When are you going to be back? And it, it's clear he doesn't want to commit to anything. Obviously, like, his body is just not where it needs to be, for him at least. I, think if, I, I don't think that it's impossible that he plays the Masters. I think it's a, a very unlikely that he plays the Masters, but he's feeling good, like, two weeks before. Give it all you got for four days. Although that's a horrendous location for someone who, like, can't walk. Yeah, that's a bad place. And yeah, you're right. Probably by the third like strike, Nance should have pulled out. But he went back in for a dip on the par three contest. And I don't know, it'd be nice to let Charlie swag some babes, you know, knocking him tight at the par 
at the par three, but it's probably not in his plans. I, I imagine he'll be there, but I don't think that he's going to compete for the green jacket this year. Like he even yeah. said, like he doesn't want to show back up to tournaments where he doesn't have a chance to win. He's not that guy. So technically this is, I know it's not the exact year to date, but this would have been the Monday morning after the Genesis where he rolled, rolled the car on his way to do something with golf film, something with Justin Herbert. Yeah, I guess so. Eek. So it's been a year already? Maybe a little less, because I feel like the Genesis might have been a week or two later last year. The schedule got joggled around a little bit, but it was the Monday morning after the Genesis. Yeah, because he was late. He was late for his tea time this year. And he was still ha- in his courtesy car. Like, like Honda is three weeks earlier this year than it was a year ago because we got rid of WGC Mexico, which was at the concession last year, and everything got like. And I feel like golf started a week earlier this year too on the schedule, just with the way that like the first Thursday ended up working out. So yeah, there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of time that would have passed in between each of them. What was the word that Tiger said going off the air? And then everyone on the broadcast said it like 38 times over the next 30 minutes. Oh, I don't know. Pure stripes. It was something like that. Now I completely spaced on what it was. I meant to write it down, but I, I, you know, I forget. You ready to talk Honda? Yeah, I love the Honda. People bash the Honda. I love the Honda. Like who, I said, who, there's so many exciting the finishes. Honda? Who's bashing the Honda? And I would say this field is better at least on paper into my memory than it's been in the last couple. So yeah, but, but who be saying a lot, at yeah. least last year. Cause Brooks didn't play. I don't think who's bashing the Honda. Exactly. I don't know. Listen, it's the week after the Genesis. So people don't, you know, don't see enough important names. No one's going to, no, tough... one, no one's going to disagree that this is a much weaker field. It is objectively. It does not have each of the top 10 players in the world in it. It's not as good. But but I don't know. I love the collaboration of like cheeky Euro international players that it brings. And I think it's a fantastic golf course that a lot of the schedule now gives them a real out because we're off Genesis. We're in front of Bay Hill players. It's a busy time of year, especially, you know, Phoenix, Tory, you know, a lot and a lot is on the horizon. So it gives them an easy out to avoid it. But I don't think they want to be here one bit either. Uh, I don't think they like writing numbers that big on scorecards. A lot of their egos are too precious for something like that. So I love, I love the international collaboration of a field we get here. And as golf diehards, we love a lot of these guys. So let, let's give her. So guys that are making their first start on the PGA Tour, they played internationally so far. We got Lowry, Fleetwood, uh, Nikolai Hogard is playing, Martin Keimer, Poulter, Stenson, Westwood, Harrington, and Danny Willett are all making their debuts. Like that alone, like that's a pretty cool, I mean, some of them are older guys, obviously, but they do add a bit of name recognition to it. And they're all guys that can still compete at PGA National at the same time because... I don't know. There's no real rhyme or reason, like specific skill set that wins this course. No, you got to really just avoid landmines and you have a chance. But if you start your morning and say, I don't know, if I shoot two under every single day, I'm probably going to have a good chance on Sunday. And a lot of these guys, they're PGA tour players. Like I could, I could shoot two under today. You know, like it's kind of all you need to do. It's always such an exciting event landmines everywhere you quickly have to accept your fate at a place like this don't get me wrong there could be a lot of fun 
value on odds boards as the books have no idea what's going on as you've sort of seen as we'll talk about in the early odds pat but it's one of those like oh i'm five over through seven holes like you know you you just you can get exploded out of here so you're kind of just trying to avoid that to the very end almost I remember when we were at the DFS Open, we watched the first round, we were talking that night, and I think the Tambo and I had both bet on Sungjae to win. That was the year Sungjae won. And then we hit him again that night because we didn't log on to Wi-Fi, so we were still able to access our book from <laughs> Palm Beach Garden. And he was 66-1 to after round one. I think he was two over. Like, that was... Like, if your guys are, like, three over, two over after one round, like... For a tournament like this where the winning score, I mean, last year was minus 12 with Matt Jones. Ricky won at minus 12 in 2017. But other than that, like six under, nine under, eight under, nine under, six under, you, you have time to rally. You need to really put three, two solid rounds together where you like tread water, one under, two under. One of those like 65, or not 65, like 67, 66, have like the one really good round. And then that mitigates the two over, three over round that you're going to have. But one bad round, unless it's an abject disaster, is not going to take you out of this tournament. Not at all. Not whatsoever. And especially if you can just catch fire and go low and take a round that sort of separates you or one great round puts you into a late tea time on Sunday. You avoid the landmines here. You'll you'll hang around pretty late. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. I've had a lot of bets find those landmines many, many a time especially down the stretch. PGA National is the host course, the champion course. Fazio designed, Jack Nicholas redid it, obviously. That's why you got the bear trap. Par 70, 70, 125 yards. Annually, one of the hardest courses on the PGA Tour. Plus, if we get the wind that picks up, all of a sudden you're seeing like minus six, minus seven as the winning score. It's such an outlier from what we see most of the time. Like even Riviera, which generally plays so hard, I mean, played a little bit easier this time around, at least for some of the guys. Other guys, you know, not so much a time for them. Like Luke List, who I think three-putted from three feet at one point, missed a cut on the number. So thanks, Luke List. Back to vintage Luke List. It was like a throwback after he was making those putts, Torrey Pines, but... I'm thinking skill set wise, the one thing that I always uncover, like you need to, you know, bogey avoidance is huge. You need to be somewhat accurate off the tee. But I found that while the shorter hitters can compete, and we see a lot more shorter hitters at a course like this than we do at a Torrey Pines or a Riviera, because generally the best off the tee players, the biggest bombers on tour don't play this event. But longer hitters do do well here, weirdly enough. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me one bit, you know, that farther they are out there especially when it gets windy they have more control over their irons if you're driving it well and not in the water should be able to take advantage we've seen plenty of long hitters uh either finish quite high or win this thing time and time again yeah like Didn't he, rory win here now rory I, I went back and looked at it maybe rory has won here but he lost in the playoff that four-man playoff it was henley won Rory lost, Knox lost, and Palmer lost. It was a four-man playoff. But Rory, one of those guys, they... Rory may have won that year when like Tiger first came back. Remember, Tiger made a charge here. He shot like a sixty-two on Sunday, made the eagle on the seventy-second hole, missed the playoff by one. Yeah, a lot of the you know, it's a shame because so many guys, like there's so many guys. You talk about it in Scottsdale or some places that you know are sleeping in their own bed this week. So many of the elite players are a stone's throw from this place and just choosing not to play. 
And it's funny because all the international guys come over to acclimate themselves to the time zone. But most of these guys have places in Orlando anyway, don't they? Yeah, Orlando's a popular place for them. But even in in Palm Palm Beach, Jupiter area, they're all they all yeah. This is uh, a hotbed for for any of them. You go up for breakfast early in the morning or Starbucks in this neck of the woods. Honestly, you'll you'll see like two pros almost any time of year. And if you're at the course, you just attract people. You're yelling at Tommy Fleetwood. Positive things, obviously, from the stands. You get to meet Mac Hughes' mom. You've done a lot at this tournament. Love this tournament. Love it. And I don't think Willett's played there before, so he's never gotten um, my love. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like as we've talked about, I love how the field sets up. I, I like this one a lot, and I've gotten a chance to go to it. And having witnessed Kenny Kim witness a South Korean winning a golf tournament in person is crazier than anything you've caught me do on camera there. I promise. Yeah, that's probably fair. Only Tambo has those pictures. I think he released some of them on Twitter on Monday morning. So uh, go check out toe tag and Tambo. If you want to see hilarious pictures of Kenny Kim, let's talk faves favorites in the field. Sung Jay won this two years ago. He's now 10 to one at DraftKings Sportsbook right now to win this tournament. Fleetwood, 14 to 1, Louis 16, Horschel 18, Berger 18, Neiman 18, Lowry 22, Brooks has dropped down to 25. That was briefly because he's back up to 20 at DraftKings Sportsbook in real time as it just flashed on my screen. And those are all the guys 30 to 1 and below. Like, it seems like they have no idea where to price anyone this week. So they just upped and upped and upped everyone. Like Sungjae at 10, like, I love Sungjae. I think he's the deserved favorite. Actually, Berger should probably be the favorite in this tournament, but I released the early numbers that came out on Monday morning. I was surprised to see that the odds were out. I made two bets right away. Louis at 25, Horschel at 28, and now at DraftKings Sportsbook, they're 16 and 18. Don't know if I love those numbers so much. Yeah, so, so like you said, you got to let the top of the board uh, develop, especially at DraftKings. That's kind of been... Uh, a habit. I did not bet Horschel, but the first message I sent to you this morning was I just tried to bet Louie at 25, not even knowing you just played him, and they bumped it down to 22. So I bet Louie at 22. I'd have almost made him right near the very top. I'd be embarrassed to say what I probably would have made him this week for a guy with such little win equity. Um, but yeah, Horschel's number took a drop as well there pat and i'm embarrassed to admit something else i took louis at 22 and i was so mad i was so mad that i missed the 25 that i parlayed louis at 22 oh, with no. the maple leafs minus 350 tonight to beat montreal oh the leafs lost on saturday now they're playing montreal who's apparently a farm team i had to get that 25 back only because i was about to lick it Sometimes you so I to, did that. So, sometimes you have to deal with the loss of three points. Sometimes, yeah, I, like, and I'm winning. It's not like I have extra money. I could have just put an extra couple bucks on the bet to buy those points. Like, if if I needed that, but no, 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 didn't didn't want any any part of it. I don't know what DraftKings thinks Tommy Fleetwood is capable of, but at at other books, I don't know. You got to wait that because. I'm seeing that like get to 25 and hopefully higher. And then maybe I'll consider um, betting it because I love Tommy and I'll be sedated through most of this sucker. So 
why not be overexposed? Have you ever been just too damn high? With today's weed, it can be a dangerous game. And we don't always have time to play reefer roulette when we're looking to light up. Dadgrass is reviving the pleasure of the casual smoke. So you can chill out without all the stress. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Want the toke without the smoke? Well, Dad Grass also has CBD tincture made with the same high-quality hemp. It's easy to dose, and the effects come on smooth. Chill out without getting stoned. It's like having a glass of wine, not the whole bottle. All Dad Grass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over and ships right to your door anywhere in the United States. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash mayo. Go to dadgrass.com slash mayo for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash mayo. Well, I can tell you the reason that they have him as the second favorite, whether he lasts there or not. I'm guessing Louis will end up being the second favorite as the week goes along because I think he's going to garner a ton of money, although dropped down to 16, I'm not sure. But Fleetwood so far this year, T12, T8 in his past two starts overseas. He last played in that Saudi event that was there and then in two starts at the Honda Classic. As you know very well, as someone who's bet on him twice at this event, he came third and he came fourth. So I think they're just factoring that all in together. Yeah, and I really like Fleetwood, but I don't think that a lot of the public likes him or wants to bet him. Uh, Pat, and I'm actually seeing the number get bigger in a lot of places. And I was worried that it wouldn't take the jump that I wanted to see it take when uh, Tringali withdrew. Um, so I'm happy to see it coming up. There's no way DraftKings can hold it there because no one wants to be get it, bet it to begin with at the better numbers that were out at the open anyway. Those are improving. DraftKings, I'm certain, will improve this one. And I am very tempted to be interested. And why not? Why not? I can do whatever I want. And that probably means betting two guys who never uh, win in North America, ever. Hey, we are on a run of guys who never win winning. So especially popular guys that we all like to bet. And I'm not done. I'm not done. I was crushed at how low the next bet I've made's number was, though. But we'll get there. Well, I, I only have one other guy below 100 to 1. So it's Louis at 25, Horschel at 28. The 28 still sticking around at some places, too. And you can still catch a 20 on Louis in most spots, I think. But 16, we'll, we'll see where that number normalizes at. The two guys I didn't really know what to, actually, the three guys I didn't really know what to do with. Neiman, what do we make of him coming off the win? Berger probably should be the betting favorite, but that back is the issue. And then would you consider this a Brooks event? He plays well at this course. Okay. Um, yeah, I probably would. There are a few events you could. Uh, he almost won it with the Keith Mitchell dagger. So he's got a great finish there. He's going to be able to sleep in his home bed. And he missed the cut. So he's going to be even more insulted at his world ranking. I, I, I uh, But yeah, I don't know. I don't want to bet. I, I don't think I'm going to bet him. But I would argue the people that go out and bet him 33 to 1 in these like really strong events, how do you not bet him at this field at this event? 
Well, I was just looking, he's played this six times in his career, and he started playing this pretty early, like back in 2014. He came second that year that I bet on him, and he lost to Keith Mitchell. Fowler was also tied for second, so you got to think about how long ago that was, 2019, that Fowler was coming in second in tournaments. But other than that, it's been a, not as good as I quite remember. I just really remember the second place finish. He has, you know, miscuts surrounding that a T26, a T51, a T33. Like he's been okay at this tournament outside of the one year. It's difficult to bet favorites at this tournament because as we're going to talk about on the DraftKings show this week too, like you kind of hit on it. There are so many landmines that you know, it takes one and you're absolutely ejected from this tournament. So it's hard to lay too much of a big price at the top of the board. Like what number would Berger have to be for you to bet him? Because I think statistically, he rates out the best of anyone. He's great with his irons. He's deadly accurate off the tee. He makes a bunch of putts, especially on Bermuda. If it wasn't for the back, what would his price be? Nine to one? I don't know if it would be that short, but I don't think it's a bad price at all. You said the price they have is good enough. I've considered it. I just don't think I'm going to pull the trigger. But I like Berger a lot. (laughs) A lot, a lot. I'm just, I'm not betting it. What's the best number I see? Six, yeah, he's going to be like 16 or 18 at most places. If he garners no interest, though, could you see him slip into 20 or better? Uh, unlikely, because I don't see him not garnering interest. I think he's going to be pretty popular. Yeah, that, that tracks. Lowry, I bet him last year. It's fine. It's a really short price at 22. I, I see a 28 hanging. Even then, I think I'd rather have the Horschel at 28 than the Lowry at 28. Like Lowry a lot. I'm just not, um, I don't know. I'd rather bet Fleetwood, which probably says a lot about me and less about Shane Lowry. And Neiman as a spoke about off the top. I don't know. I'm not feeling the wagon of, of back-to-back. That's tough. When it wasn't like it's a Sunday seat. charge to the win, not that that would matter, but again, I already said it. Like, what an exhausting, mentally exhausting four days Anyone has he played this one before because i don't remember betting on him here before and oh, i would have for I, sure I, I read my column from last year my two picks were neiman and shane lowry neiman lost 5.1 strokes around the green last year because that's why i don't remember him like it wasn't bet a, you, i bet you i did bet him though i guarantee you i bet him i yeah, guarantee you i did yeah i think we got I him went like back a, and looked at my card i think we got like i think he was a 28 last year we were like oh great price for neiman coming off some great ball striking weeks and then he just chipped himself out of the tournament uh, yeah this sets up in many ways to be very favorable for for shane lowry and i could see why people like how do you put this like i said it's an example of people like me got to fly and die so other people can live. But Billy Horschel and Shane Lowry probably make more sense than betting Louie and Fleetwood. I'm just probably going to bet Louie and Fleetwood if I bet. I already have bet Louie. And if I am betting another guy this close to the favorites, it would be Fleetwood. As that number gets bigger, because I'm seeing it at 25. I guess the thing with Horschel is, and the reason that I was attracted to him, one, he had deeper odds than the rest of the quote-unquote favorites in this tournament. He did win twice last year, two pretty high-end events. I always like him better on Bermuda, and he keeps just lingering in these tournaments so far this year already, and it's not like he's playing particularly well. And as somebody likes to make the connection to cheeky Euros, he won (laughs) BMW Wentworth, so he's got like, that own cheeky Euro vibe. And he has a soccer team on his bag. 
So he would oddly get points for that, Pat. He oddly would. And just to make the point on Louie, I'm sure it's in the article. I'm sure it's in every article. So why not regurgitate it here? Does get asleep in his own bed. And I'm personally shocked at how poorly the old Palm resident has played in this event in the past, to be honest. It, most of it, when I went and looked at all the numbers, I, I did write up Louie. It's been his around the green that's really sunk him at this tournament. He's never gained strokes around the green. He loses, I think it's 1.4 strokes per start around the greens at PGA National, which is just really bizarre because he's usually, like he's one of the better around the green players in the world. His short game is top notch. It's just for whatever reason, he can't figure these ones out. This is literally five minutes from where he lives in Palm Beach, this course. Does he, live, the most at, does he, live, at, practic- does he live at Mar-a-Lago? Where does he live? No, but they all live right around, um, right around there. Mar-a-Lago is a little farther away. It's, it's on not- like Palm Beach Island. It's yeah. not far. It's a little farther away. Yeah, it's like an- it's another 10 minutes down the road. Yeah, you got to cross a bridge that has like fancy yachts crossing it. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Nonetheless, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, part of the country. It's tax free. It's no wonder a lot of those guys are going there. Even Phil's building a house. But I don't think we'll see him play this one very often. No, I, I see it. He gets really old. I, I see that 25 on Fleetwood that you're seeing. I see a 30 on Lowry now, too. So yeah, these numbers at DraftKings Sportsbook are going to crater at the top end on particular guys. Those would be so, the ones I would feel probably the best about Fleetwood drops down to plus 20 Lowry probably lingers at 30 33 and then if you want to bet those guys just wait until later the numbers aren't getting any worse on those two guys than they are right now no and I'll be honest as I kind of said I was surprised as someone out of the gate that even when I saw Fleetwood opening at 20 like this has to come up for me and then when Tringali withdrew also with Lowry I was like oh those guys aren't going to get the bump that I thought they'd get for sure because as Louie takes the attention and as Billy is taking a lot of the betting attention, you'd like to hope other guys can go the other way. And at least they're doing that even with the Tringali result. And yeah, not say I would have bet on Tringali and maybe the books don't even give him any credit at all. Not to say a 30, 28 to one should have been given uh, taken points off guys, but you never know if that guy had name value, he could have, could have. 30 to 1 to 100 to 1. I only made the one bet from inside this range, and I grabbed an early number on Bezadenhout, and it is either 60 or 66. Now I have to go like double check that to make sure that it is what I thought it was. Yeah, Bezadenhout 60 to 1 with a top five each way. He's down to 50 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook. There might be a few 55s still lingering out there as well. I'll take the 50, I'll take the 55. I like him at this course. I like him. At any course where his accuracy actually means something. And we've yet to get the great putting week from him that we all kind of expect. So uh, I feel like he got to ride the course on. I would be just devastated if I bet him at every other event, especially the shorter tracks so far this season. Then all of a sudden I didn't bet him here and he wins by like six strokes. Okay, yeah, like you, I've bet him a lot this year. I don't see any 60s. That definitely would have had my... um attention quickly but anything 50 or above i think is a more than a fair play on him you do worry granted we're talking outright betting so you live with um 
how do you put this? You accept your fate when it goes horribly wrong. You do worry with him. You're not going to be able to avoid landmines, plural. Like you'd almost take one landmine and know that he'll hit you like a 54 footer to make up for it kind of. Um, but I would expect potentially multiple landmines if I'm betting him. I mean, it's not really accuracy that the guy is, that that's his problem. It's when he plays these longer courses and he really needs to press it off the tee because he's at so big of a disadvantage because of his distance that maybe he can rein it back a little bit, just keep it in the middle of the fairway. And I, the reason I took Louis and took Cebes, I mean, I guess I'm on a South African train, didn't even really realize it. And same as Horschel is that I feel like they all play tougher courses really well. And maybe that's just me thinking that and that's not the case whatsoever it's just when i see like the u.s open or you know a tough open championship these are the guys that end up near the top okay i mean it is definitely a tough course it's tough in its own weird way because you don't have to you can like plot along here fine as long as you avoid avoid the trouble and you know, we he can almost take that Mackenzie Hughes recipe, right? Who's sort of in that same odds range. And yeah. I'd rather bet on Bez. Yeah, say, I'm not I'm not getting to Hughes at 40 to 1. I know he has the second place finish here, but yeah, I think that he's very much in that same vein. Like the odds on the like 30 to 50 are outrageously bad. I, I couldn't imagine betting anyone in here, although you're gonna tell me why you bet on Alex Noren. Yeah, you know it. Of course. Oh, God, I couldn't help myself, Al. Uh, I couldn't help myself, Patrick. I could not help myself. Um, Yeah, I think he can get around here just fine. I'm crazy enough to think in the same way you like Billy Horschel. I know there's not really an answer to that because Horschel won a WGC and his one at Wentworth. Um, and contends, as you mentioned, his name shows up often. And if Norn's name shows up, it's usually early, and then he'll find his way out quickly. I just feel like maybe it's the old Norn uh, who's let me down here before. My betting card's going to be full of maybe guys who have let me down here before. I was crushed to see the number so low. I'll be perfectly honest. There's a 40 at... Um, DraftKings Sportsbook. 40, 40 to 1, Alex Norn, DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, so there you go. They make up for that shitty Fleetwood number. Although I would expect Norrin to get to 40 probably universally, no? I mean, he flashed in Phoenix. He was there at the end. And I, it just takes a little, and maybe it's just our little circle but he's that, not loves, gonna be... that loves Alex Norrin. But I, I think if people go back and look at course history, they'll go see his record at really tough courses from like five years ago and be like, all right, I mean, is Brennan Grace here? Should we be betting him too? I wouldn't mind Brendan Grace here. Yeah, Norn, man, he couldn't make, he couldn't get up and down for birdie on 18 to be part of that list. Oh, I remember. Thomas playoff. I, I had Norn that year too. I had list and Norn, and of course, Justin Thomas won. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the, that was the year that Thomas, I think it was on the sixth hole, or wherever that par three is, he hit the rocks and then it bounced on the greens and it bounced oh. into the water. That completely sunk us. But he also four putted number 16 one day which is kind of crazy. I believe number 16 at PGA National is the green that has the most four putts or worse of any green that we normally see on the PGA Tour. Yeah, man, PGA National's a riot. And in some ways, it's kind of like getting some, certainly not Phoenix, but it's gotten this natural build of being uh, quite a time. Or maybe I just go there, liquor it up away from my children, whatever. Either way, great time. 
Oh, I love that play so much. So there's a lot going on in this range. I saw Mito Pereira's number absolutely crash. I'm not as infatuated with him as a lot of people, Patrick. And I would argue in the same way you could besmirch my Norin selection. I didn't besmirch your Norin guys... selection. It just seems like ridiculous. Put it this way. I got horse. No, I'm 20. saying the guys at like 60 and 70, you could argue, are just as likely to win so why not go get the extra point, maybe even an extra body for your money's worth? I feel the same way about Mito as I saw people running to bet him. That being said, either they took enough money that they really took, like they started to slash the number or like, I don't know who was betting it, but the number kept dropping every time I updated sites. I just ran the numbers. He ranks out fifth in my table of the key stats that I plugged in. Louis's number one, by the way, which is nice. Louis M. Berger, Johnny Vegas, Mito Pereira are your top five when it comes to the key stats I was looking at over the past 50 rounds. So anyone that runs any sort of advanced modeling or just looks at stats, Mito Pereira is going to pop off the charts. I, I get it. Considering we were betting him at 140 to one two weeks ago, not super keen on the 40 or 45. Yeah. Just not there. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, the guy's got a winning pedigree. Won three times on Corn oh, Ferry last and look, year. Keith you know, Mitchell's he's, 30, he's a winner. Keith Mitchell's 35 to 1. I think Keith Mitchell can most certainly win. He will not be getting my money at 35 to 1. Yeah. Guess with no middle tier, they really chopped the legs out of Norn and Mitchell because I went to bed thinking about both of them. And Wolf, too. I thought that Wolf opened at like 55, but he seems to be down to 35 at DraftKings Sportsbook. So. That's not great. I, I I wanted to think about that one a little bit more. It's like they're hanging a 50, a 55 on Wolf. He's just so much better than all of these guys when he plays well that why not go for it? Paul made a really good point because you hit Neiman last week. Obviously, Paul hit Neiman uh, along with the top five to go along with it while I'm sitting here with my dick in my hand with no monies. But he made the very compelling case. It's like it wasn't too long ago that we had Neiman on that Morikawa, Hovland-type tier. And obviously, he's not as good as those guys, but he's still really good. Like, he's very close to those guys, even if he's, like, the next tier down. Sort of like Sungjae in a weird way. Yet, he was paying, like, five times the odds, four times the odds of those guys. Like, the, Hovland's not four times better than Neiman is. And then when I started to think about it again that way, I was like, oh, yeah, I should really be assessing my bets more with that sort of mentality. And I feel like that's something that I've brought up a few times as we discuss Neiman. There always just seems... Someone always has to be forgotten. And Willie was gaining so much steam, right? And yeah. Neiman was like going backwards as Willie was going forwards. And I mean, listen, like Victor and 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 Morikawa, you could even ugh, debate that there should be a gap there. Grant, the world rankings show that they're two and three. They're just clearly in a class that is is different at the moment. But the other guys, it's always this flavor of the month and Willie was getting the steam and Neiman's going backwards. And I don't know many respects, like just as good uh, players. So I think we've spoken about it and I totally agree with that assessment as, as Paul was mentioning, and it's healthy sometimes to take some of those longer range views at it because this thing goes on for like 44 straight weeks. And sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees. Anyone in this range whose number you don't like, I would highly recommend that you just take a look around and see what's out there. 
for some of them. Because like I'm seeing a Brendan Todd 65 to 1 at DK. I see 100 at other places. So guys are going to vary. And it'll all kind of normalize site to site throughout the course of the week once the money starts coming in and everyone copies each other's odds. But at the outset, you should really look around if you want to get in right now or you can just let these play out until Wednesday. And if no one's talking about your guy, the number's not going to drop. It's only going to go good in your favor. You're going to get better odds on someone like that. The one that really piqued my interest... I mean, Matt Jones is 50 to 1. It's tough to go back to back, but he actually had a really nice week last week or two weeks ago, wherever the hell it was. Uh, and then Aaron Wise is 55 to 1, 60 to 1 in some other spots. Do we want to do it with Wise? Or is he okay? I don't mind Wise. That's a guy that's on a list of names that I'm going to bring up here in this 50 to 100 range. Uh, off that horrible event a couple weeks ago, uh, I don't know. I'm flirting with it. I'm seeing 60, 66s out there. Matt Jones, he's had multiple really nice weeks. He was second at the TOC. Um, he's shown up in around some really nice names. Yeah, he, he was se- he was second tee to green last week at Riviera. Lost four strokes putting. That's very impressive. I'll tell you what. You go second tee to green this week, you can lose a couple putting because you're not going in the water and your pars are fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, and Wise, Wise That's game- so tempting. Wise gained off the tee and Wise gained on approach for the first time all season. So that's nice. Only three starts, mind you. Uh, Lost three strokes putting, lost two and a half around the greens. He was, he has made the cut every year at this event, though, which is encouraging to see. Um, Can I throw a few names at you? Go ahead. We're in this range. Um, K.H. Lee. 66 to one Gary Woodland, 66 to one, uh, Chris Kirk, 70, 80 to one seems like a guy who can catch a wagon or stay out of trouble. And Taylor Moore, Taylor Taylor Moore's odds are too low. He should be like 150 to one. I like Taylor Moore. I did the research show when he kept popping up for me. I was like, oh man, Taylor Moore going to be a nice value. But every single week, despite the fact that no one could recognize this guy in a lineup of one, his odds are like half what you think they would be. Yeah. So that is, was almost to my question because I saw him as low as 50 to one on one of my books, Um, you know, scrolling back, hoping to see other players at bigger numbers. And maybe not so much like Mito, but he must just show up on every, like they must just get hammered by um, model money by, by model money. Because like I said, I do a, sh- uh, a fun show on Wednesdays with Alex Blickle and he loves them. Like he loves them. And he's just one of those diehard, like literally nothing but the numbers guy. And he's obsessed with, with Taylor Moore. So I imagine there's a lot of um, like-minded model thought on him and the books don't want to hand out like huge brown bags to Pozzola and his friends I don't know I don't know well when he shows up he's going to end up finishing pretty high I think he's a better top 10 bet than an outright win bet but you're not getting fantastic odds because he's 50 to 1 right now like I said I I was hoping he was going to be like 150 but he has a really bizarre skill set for what he's been doing although he's gained on approach uh, in his two rounds at Pebble Beach, gained last week, but it's been 0.3, 0.3. What he's going to do to you in order to finish up highly, he's going to drive the ball really well, he's going to chip it really well, and he's going to putt it pretty well most of the time and like really have those big putting edge weeks where he gains like six on the greens. And then you just have to hope that his approaches aren't a complete disaster. 
And it feels like he's going to be very much in the mix. Like, looking at his results, he missed the cut at Farmers. He was 67th at Amex, 21st at Riviera, 16th at Pebble, 8th at the RSM. He was 17th at Sanderson Farms, 24th at Shriners. Of course I played on Tuesday with Rick, by the way. TPC Summerlin. Wasn't fun. I bet. Wow. Where uh, I saw you posted the scorecard. Yeah, we stopped keeping score after like 15. Winds got up to 50 miles per hour. Not give up. Not not the best scene out there. It was like freezing too. I had to wear my tour junkies hoodie when I was on the course because I was getting so cold. Uh, and the ball was not going anywhere where I wanted it to go. Put it that way. I can believe that. <laughs> I can believe that. And that must have been you had a hard time getting in in the first place. I was wondering if you were even going to make your tea time. Yes, I actually got in the night before, but I, I had a connector flight that I had to make or I was like scumbag for the entire, I just would have picked up, got my stuff and turned around, went back home in Montreal. But they kept customs open for me and held the flight by like 15 minutes. So I was able to jump on it. There it is. Yeah, the, very the nice. Very important person, Pat Mayo, um, who has spoken about since Christmas, a moment potentially Woodland, yeah. coming for, for I got Gary him, Woodland. I got him circled. I know you were excited in, in California. There were some hundred to ones. I mean, I've bet him at half this probably more than once at PGA National. So you show me numbers in the mid high 60s, 50 or above on Woodland at this course. I could get very enticed knowing landmines everywhere. I guess you could even stop referencing it. They're outright bets. They'll either live or die. Put it this way. Normally, like when you look at a betting card, I saw someone played all my outright bets as a DraftKings lineup last week, and they won like three times their money. I should have done that because I would have won more money if that was the case. But this is a week where you're going to look at your outright betting card like the night of on Sunday. And you're going to be like, man, I had three guys that were like plus nine. And you just hope that one of them can sneak through. Like It's not going to be one of those consistent ones where you probably have like three or four runners going into Sunday. If you have one guy who's inside the top 10, considering you're, consider yourself lucky here. Yeah, I agree. You're almost like you make a six-man card and you got three guys that didn't totally die the first day. I th- like you almost take it. It's like match play almost. They're still alive. Yeah. Literally. Literally. You could make the case though, Pat, that you should just make like the Brooks Billy Wolf if you're betting under 50. Like those should be your core three. Potentially Lowry if he gets to 30 you know, or, or swap one of them, right? Just guys, I mean, look at who they're up against. Like, there's no win equity here anywhere. Anywhere. Except Patrick Reed, funny enough, in this range. Womp, yeah, but, womp. Yeah, but his odds aren't even low enough to bet him. Like, they're not high enough to bet him. Yeah, so here's the thing with Reed, and I still want your opinion on Woodland. Um, the thing with Reed is, we've spoken about it before. He has this special ability to win out of nowhere. But that just means when we say that, that just means, oh, we didn't have like a T25 in the last month. Do you know what I mean? Like a T30. Out of nowhere, when you look at his metrics statistically, and then there's red, and then there's like the deepest, darkest blood red that your doctor would be like, holy shit, you got to go to the hospital right now. Like that's the trouble there. It's not red on fantasy national it is it's yeah it's like deep blood red so i don't care like the wind from nowhere it that's not what it means 
you know, when Keimer could win from nowhere, it didn't mean that he was playing poorly. It just meant that he was just milling about T40, T37, stuff like that, not dead last every week. And even if he was missing cuts, it was probably because, like, I was around the green, like, abandoned him. He couldn't hit a putt. You expect that. Not this total, like, you know, it's scathing to look at it statistically like that. So that's my take on that. And if he wins in this position, I li- I'm a fan of the guy, and I'll, I'll be happy for him. But something, something seems totally off, totally. That goes without saying. I like Woodland. I think it's between Woodland and Wise. I mean, I might just end up betting them both, but I probably end up with one of those two guys on the card. So 55 or 60. 55 is Wise. Woodland is 60. I, I did make the proclamation about Gary, so it would be kind of disingenuous if I didn't take the macro view that I just talked about, thinking that this guy is going to rebound. At some point, we're going to catch a number. This is a big number for him. I mean, we were betting him at, I think I bet him last year, 20 to 1 in this tournament. Or two years ago, whenever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if you in some way quantify the hundred to ones you had to bet them at versus fields where like Rom and Cantley and those players were playing 60, we could get a 66 I'm, I'm seeing. So that seems totally right and fair. And as I said, I feel like I've bet in here, bet, bet him here a ton over the years. I, I don't want to abandon that. Uh, the one guy who's popping up at 80 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook, I hit him at 125 to 1 this morning with the top five, is Michael Thompson. He's won here before, and he's having a real Siwoo Kim type like results card right now. It's like top 10 or miscut. It's like a disastrous miscut. But at a tournament with variance, you know, he's going to come last half the time. If he has a chance of winning some of the other times, it just seems like a huge number for him who, remember everyone loved him in American Express after the top five at Sony, and it was like, he sucks. Like, he, got, he went like 77, 64, 77, something crazy. Then no one played him the next week or bet him at Farmers, and he was really good at Farmers. Now he's missed two cuts in a row. Like, now you're going to take your missed cuts with guys that are above 100 to 1. It at least seems like he's close if he shows up playing well. And it's really been the putter that's sinking him. And he hasn't lost strokes putting at this event in five, his past five starts at least. It is quite an eclectic wall of champions at PGA National. Um, Michael Thompson, obviously, being one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen a few people like that. I There's nothing bad to say about it. Like you said, just preface, line shop it. The books are sort of all over all over the place with it. Um, I feel like there'll be a lot of people, but I don't, I to say, I don't really have an opinion and I don't see myself um, betting him. Have we crossed a hundred? No, because there's, there's, there's three guys right here that I think we should talk about. I'm not betting them, but I know that they're going to be two of them are going to be guard. We'll get to Hogard in a second, but there's two guys that are going to be pretty popular. I think they might be more popular like DraftKings plays, depending on what their prices are when they're released. And then there's Ricky Fowler. So Fowler is 65 to one. Knox is 65 to one. And then just a, a lot of buzz about the Panama. Panamaniacs are uniting. CT Pan, 70 to one. He opened at like 90. Now he's down to 70. Coming off a pretty good week. I, I can see why people want to get behind him. He's just, you know, he's never really one of my guys. Yeah. Not there on Pan. Uh, Knox, I very well could be there because I played him as a long shot in a lot of these early season events. But now this is like half the number. And according to Tom Jacobs, he has three straight 33rd place finishes. I saw that. That's pretty good. Very consistent. Yeah, so get, so get, that, get that top 40 bet in on Russell Knox. 
Yeah, and I kept putting up in a in a collaboration long shots article for for Odds Checker, and too bad they weren't asking for the player who finished thirty third because I think I I've put them up a couple times. Um, but it kind of like how do you put it? The he checks pretty much every box I am looking for, like cheeky European player who can plot around a windy, water filled course quite quite well so i'm not surprised to hear that Knox might be very popular although you're saying that'll be dfs it seems like his stability to finish 33rd is worth the price on the math and listen <laughs> listen by the numbers he ranks out number nine for me when you think about it yes you have the wind he's a scottish player but he's based in jacksonville anyway so he should be able to handle the florida conditions no problem probably a bit more comfortable with these rather than the west coast he's very accurate off the tee so he's unlike he's far more likely to not find the water than most of the field and he has the lowest scoring average on the bear trap of any player in the field he's like six under in his career on the bear trap all right so this this is why I think that people will eventually rally behind him. It's not just me who knows this. Yeah, no, I've been rallying behind him a lot to menial results. Lucky to catch the top 40s. Do you want to talk about Hogard? Do you, do you want to hear these results from Hogard? Well, they're impressive. I feel like... No, no, uh, but, of... but are, are they? Let, let's... Like, I, I joked earlier about, like, the Siwoo Kim nature of Michael Thompson. This is like... If Siwoo Kim was actually awesome, he would have Hogard's like game log. Miscut first, miscut, miscut, fourth, second, miscut, miscut, 14th, 20th, first, miscut, miscut. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people just excited who want to bet him. We're fans of him. And now he's making a PGA Tour start in a field this week. So I think he'll get a lot of that action. DraftKings, I believe, Pat is showing an 80. Yeah. Which is crazy because. I'm seeing it as low as like 50. Um, so, you know, again, another example of people don't really know what to do with some of these players. If you like Hogard, go over to DraftKings. I do not see myself betting on um, on Hogard. And Ricky Fowler, as you mentioned, I don't know, Prince of Palm Beach. He's probably handed that over to Brooks by now. Um so, like, how does he avoid the landmines? His misses are left. His misses are right. It was great to see him make the cut. Uh, so I was out there yesterday with Harry Higgs for entertainment value. Um, but I, I don't have that sort of resurrection. Maybe a first-round leader with a nice tee time. So Vegas is 40-1 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook. I see him at 65 at other spots. He's someone who historically plays this course really well. Nine of ten cuts made in his career it might be one of those like lower end first round leaders that I want to go target. I don't know if he has the goods to hang on for all four rounds, but he's been playing some pretty impressive golf coming in ball striking wise, at least like you have to catch him on the right week that the putter actually shows up, but he's putted pretty consistently at this course over the years. Like last week he gained four strokes on approach at the Genesis game 55th. Cause he lost five strokes putting at the farmers. He was 39th gained two and a half off the tee, two and a half with his approaches actually gained a bit putting there, but lost th over three around the greens. Like he just needs to put it together a little bit. Don't like the 40 kind of like the 65 though. Interesting. Uh, Vegas, 65 to 1. 
I'm not, I don't know. I'm not there. I'd probably rather be on Russell Knox or, or KH Lee. I think I'd, I think I'd rather take Vegas than those two guys. We'll see. That's probably a drafting. I, I don't have a bad word to say, so I, I'm not going to combat any. There's nothing for me to combat um, there at all. Do you think uh, like Ryan Palmer gets his love here? Lee Westwood, they'll be pretty popular in some respects. No. Well, I know that uh, one of those two guys is Tim's one and done this week. Oh, yes. <laughs> Although he surged way ahead of you because he had Scott last week and you're, you're now in third in our one and done. And whatever. Um, yeah, so Westwood. Westwood had that great week the year Sungjae won. He was second or he was right there. Yes. because no, Hughes and Fleetwood ended up probably finishing ahead of him. Yeah, so I got really mixed up on this when I did the research show because I thought it was last year he did really well at this course, but it wasn't. He missed the cut last year. It was Bay Hill when he jumped on the scene. Then he contended again at the players the next week. Was this after the players last year? Is that what happened schedule-wise? No, I think it was right after Genesis. It concession? went like Genesis, this, and then Mexico. It was, oh, concessions. Just in a bad spot, as usual. Let's see. Honda, yeah, he was fourth two years ago. He's a, he has a great track record. He's played it a ton of times, but since 2010, he has one, two, three, four top tens at this event. I mean, it's not the craziest thing. It's not like, he's playing like okay overseas, too. He's, he's not an abject failure. No, not at all. I wonder if, uh, I guess some of these Europeans will probably have to answer some questions. We've sort of seen a lot of the Americans make comments about their allegiances to a tour. We haven't really heard much from, say, your Westwoods or your Garcias or your Hattons, uh, Fleetwoods. A lot of those guys that love going over and playing those Middle East Saudi events. You know, those are the guys you assume that are probably being or worthy most heavily. Um, Corded. Westwood also lived up the street from here for many a years, but I don't think he resides in the States anymore. I could be wrong. Is Hatton the only guy that we haven't seen yet? Yeah, I was wondering where he would be this week. He's obviously going to be at Bay Hill next week. I, I would be shocked if he wasn't. He's a champion of two years ago. I agree. I, I assume that we see him next week, but I'm just surprised. I, 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 I would really like to see him at this tournament. I agree. You'd think it would suit him much like Bayhill does. He would be a perfect fit. He'd probably be, I know his current form isn't ideal, although he's kind of gotten it going um, in the last couple starts after quite a dip. He would be right there probably with like Neiman on the odds board, would he not? I would have to. Maybe just behind. I'm not really sure. Do the books put an emphasis on him? Like, I would put an emphasis on Hatton over Fleetwood. I think Hatton's way more inconsistent, but it seems like he wins a lot more than Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, that's what I mean. And if Fleetwood opened this morning at 20, I assume Hatton would have had to open in front of that. Yeah, or be right in that same area. Fleetwood is more popular in the betting circles, especially in American markets, than Hatton is, though. Just people like to bet on Tommy Fleetwood. People don't like to bet on Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah, he's a good guy. And he somehow, for whatever reason, Pat, still makes... Like, if you're watching Golf Channel and they're doing European scores... Or no, like, he'll just always make a notables. But I'm like, dude, he sucks now. Take him off. We don't need to see Tommy plus three on your notables. Just get that out of my face. What's Tommy in the world right now? Where's he at? Fitz... 
Westwood's still 41st. Fleetwood's 44th. He's behind Lee Westwood in the world rankings. Well, let's change that bigly Sunday. Are we past 101 yet? Yeah, let's talk the long shots. Why? Do you, do you, besides Willett, who do we got? Okay, yeah. So I've bet Willett <laughs> 200 uh, to 1 on DraftKings. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just going to throw out some names because I got a lot of likes on my attention. I can make a full bomb card this week, especially nothing like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be out of it. So overexposed post-surgery, I'm going to need dogs in the fight. Um, Aaron Rye, hundred to one. Doesn't this guy just like hits fairways now fairways green, just like little nice little peppering up a golf course keeps a very clean ball. No, I say that he's cost me some nice DraftKings lineups recently or around his great play at Torrey Pines, but European toured experience. That one kind of caught my eye. Aaron Rye, hundred to one. Uh, you love the South African card, Pat. How does Garrick Higo? Yeah, fit? Th- that that's how that's who I was looking at here. Like I have Michael Thompson from down here at one twenty five. Higo is one hundred and twenty five. He what is he on DraftKings? He is. 100 to one i that is a player i believe in that he is going to be good now he's also super young but do you just take that sort of zoomed out view and be like i think this guy i mean he won on the pga tour last year why couldn't he win this event yeah no i like him like one that name popped for me north of uh of a hundred um of a hundred to one i don't know palm beach doesn't that profile like the greek isles where he won connect i believe it was the canary islands where he won oh the canary islands and uh the uh palmetto. Geez, the palmetto right yeah, palmetto the, the fake fake canadian open so what did glover win then glover if, won john deere i did a because okay. I, I i mentioned sony there's been like four crossover winners at sony and pga national since 2010 you know, like mark wilson is weirdly one of those guys ernie ells justin thomas and someone else who is escaping my memory at the moment but Lucas Glover rates out the best between those two courses of anyone in the field. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't mention him when I mentioned Westwood and uh, what other old timer did I mention there? Westwood and and Palmer, but Glover. Yeah. Glover might be the pick better than both of them. Not that I'm betting Westwood or Palmer. He had like Glover was awful. He kind of gagged it away at, Pe- at uh, the American Express in the final round. He was top five going into that round on Sunday at American Express. Horrible at Pebble Beach. Horrible first round in Phoenix. And he was great in rounds two, in rounds three in Phoenix. And then was like horrendous again when it came to the final round. So I don't know if he can quite keep it together, but there's something interesting with his numbers this week. I don't think I'm going to get there with him, but it feels like it's not that the hate has gone too far with him, but he's been pushed down this board for a guy who's playing like, all right. Um, okay. Well, back into the deep numbers. I don't know exactly what number you're seeing on Brendan Steele, but where's Keegan? Because isn't this the type of place where Steele and Keegan would just be ideal fits? I thought Keegan was in this tournament and then just he wasn't. Last year, didn't he just explode in the bear trap on the weekend while in deep contention, maybe even leading? Yeah, that sounds now Matt Jones led wire to wire last year, didn't he? Maybe. I don't know. Keegan had an incident, but that sounds that's like PGA DFS 101. Keegan had an incident. Um, 
Yeah, I, I I thought he was playing too. I scoured odds boards like three times looking for him. Uh, I couldn't find him. Steel, listen, Steel has the track record here. He is. Feel like he does not have it going right now. He has missed every cut so far this year, four in a row. Pass. The, um, the only other is Herbert. Herbert, I like, but here's my worry. I like him at these windy courses. I think that's like when he won at the Irish. That was really good. When he won in Bermuda, it was super windy there as well in the swing season. I just worry that he also sucks driving the ball, that he just might be out of bounds all the time. Even when I was doing, when I was watching him win in Ireland, it was like, oh, good. Herbert's in the middle of the trees. Oh, and then he had to like make some miraculous scramble to get out of it and make a 17 footer. Like, you can't putt from the water. That's a shot. So <laughs> I really don't know what to do here. <laughs> you can't putt from the water. I, I would try. Um, yeah, that's tough. And I guess in a different way, like my concern with Bezayden Houghton, you're just like Bezayden Houghton only sucks when he has to try to compete on really long courses, but he'll be fine like teeing it back. Is that what we're going with? I mean, that's what my takeaway is. And even like when you look at his numbers, like he's not the most accurate player in the field, but he's one of like in this field right now, he's 127th in driving distance. He's 23rd in accuracy. That seems to be good enough where just keep it in the fairway. He's one of the better long iron players in the field. He's pretty good from 175. He's a great iron player. He's really good around the greens, and you just hope that it's the week that he gains six and a half strokes putting. Like There's very few guys you can bank. Like Think about how many times people bet Denny McCarthy, for example, who can't drive, can't chip, can't hit an iron outside of the very specific weeks. Bez at least does the other stuff. You just need the high-end putting week to go along with it, and he can win. I like it. Potentially sold. Uh, Adam Svensson. Svensson. So I, I got some sleepers here for you. I bet Patty Harrington, by the way. <laughs> Just let, let you know that. Really? Yeah. I like that's That's bold. It's not that bold. He's playing like, okay, over on the European tour. I mean, he, he got himself into the Masters by having a top five at a major last year. Is that the major that Phil won? It was. Crazy. And if you look at that leaderboard, I mean, obviously Phil doesn't play all that much, but like Harry Higgs has performed like pretty decently at PGA National over the years. He was up there too. I believe he was fourth. That's how he got into the majors. Uh, Ricky obviously plays PGA National really well. That was like the one time he played great last year. Maybe there's a connection between that course and this course. Who knows? Potentially. I'm not betting. uh, I'll bet my own losers. I guess like Harrington has been T20, T9, T27 so far this year. He's won here, obviously. Like, I don't think you want Harrington at a course where minus 23 is going to be the winning score. But if it's like minus eight, fuck VJ was in contention two years ago. That was the KH Lee year. Wyndham Clark or Kramer Hickok, whoever the hell it was. One of those guys was up there too. I'm pretty sure Tim Custed VJ. No, 100%. I, that's the one thing I worry about a Louie outright here, that if Louie is in contention on Sunday, he's going to have Tim's full support, and he's going to go in the water three times. Yeah. That's something we'll have to, I guess, deal with uh, at the time. Uh, but, but, but who else was back here? You're going to first-round leader, Sepp Straka. 
Strzok has played this course pretty well. So yeah, the guys I just had like made mention of, I mean, Taylor Moore, I thought was going to be a long shot. Not a long shot. I got the Smother Man, Davis Riley, Hudson Swafford, Alex Smalley, and Svensson. All those guys ran out really well for me. Not so much Riley on the whole, but on the things that he does well, I think can play really well at this course. I think he had his like great runs in San Antonio and super windy conditions too. So like worse the conditions, I think maybe the better he might get. But I can't see them being outright bets. They're probably first-round leaders, top 20s at best, DraftKings scrub plays. But those are the guys that kind of popped off the page to me. Swafford's interesting. Like, out of all the players in the field, I actually have Swafford ranked as number seven over the past 50 rounds. Yeah. So him being 180 to 1 on DraftKings is pretty wild. Uh, he's a pretty 100 at a lot of the other places. Our buddy, Tom Jacobs, who does the Euro show with... Me? With, um, with Sky on Mayo Media Net. On Mayo Media Network, Monday yeah. evenings. He, he's written up three straight winners for um, Odds Checker with uh, Hoagie, Scheffler, and yesterday, uh, Neiman. He's telling me he loves Swafford this week. And 180 to 1, I mean, he showed me this whole, like, paragraph write-up he wrote. He goes, let me, I can edit that for you. Just put, uh, he won already. He won a month ago in this field. There, done. Like, that seems crazy. Granted, I'm not running to bet it because I just like losing with my own losers. But that does seem like totally disrespectful and out of whack. 180 to one swath daddy. I agree. And the numbers really like him. I, I don't really know what the case is against him here. I, and the thing is, I'll see the 180. And I don't even know if I want to bet it either. It's just, it's one of those things where I just, I'm looking at the name. Can he do it again? Why couldn't he do it again? He just did it. Yeah, I don't know. I know like people like to take events as one independent event, like a coin flip, and they have no bearing on the other. I'm not really there. Um, I'm not there. I'm just not, I'm not seeing it. I can't get there. Henrik Stenson, 150 to one. Yeah, I saw him. The, I mean, we didn't talk about Keimer at all. I think it's his first start of 2022. I thought he was going to play earlier, but I think he withdrew from that European event, whatever it was. The one I wanted to ask you about is why not Harry Higgs at 175 to one? I know that he's making like news because he's taking his shirt off, but he, he was playing good golf. Yeah, I'm here for it. I don't know if I'm here to bet it, but that would be exciting. That'd be good TV on Sunday. Let's see. With Higgs, he has, he missed the cut at Farmers, 40th, 49th, 55th. So nothing crazy. Terrible on approach, putting the lights out. But 19th and 58th in two turns at Honda was second in approach last year here. So not the craziest thing, but I think that's enough of the long shots. Let's talk quick. I got pin. one more for you. Well, I was just waiting for you to bring it up. The, the Reaper, like oh, just Gim. stay out of trouble and you're contending, right? Oh yeah, 100%. Where's Gim at? What, what are his odds? I didn't even see him. I didn't realize he was playing. I'm seeing, I'm seeing 150, but I, I don't. Uh... Yeah, 150. Yeah, 100%. FOMO, FOMO better the week, Doug Gim. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And he was good at the players last year, too. Until the how final bad, until the final round. That was not good. How bad is Brandon Hagee? He must be he he's um he was the only guy competing with Matt Jones last year. Yeah, he was runner up. See, he's over 200 to one. I think I've sort of gone too far now. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Barn Rat. Sure. I want to ask this name, but no. Chase Kepka? 
No, although, hey, that's no wonder Brooks keeps coming back. Um, you know who the, them. Do you know who the numbers really like for me this week? And I, I just can't pull the trigger on it. It's Watney. Well, you bet him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Pebble Beach, where it feels like absolute losers can win there. Like, I don't know. I, I, we're way too far down the board. We don't need to be talking. We could. This event, like, could be the closest thing to Pebble Beach. And, like, we could be in four years from now and be like, but just bet losers. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, it's starting to profile that way with this scheduling spot as much as I like it. But, I don't know, losers are cheeky internationals. That seems to be um the path here i don't know now i'm seeing lahiri like 400 to one kadira 300 to one t dunks 300 to one like just play a scrubs DraftKings lineup or play a top 40s or something like that we're deep we're deep um yeah i'm not mentioning another name kurt kitiyama oh asian american sensation kurt kitiyama he made the cut the year that we went to the DFS Open because we did that drunk snake draft after the cut on Friday evening, and he was on my team. And I think he played pretty well, too. But he, like, think, won. I know there's the he, Luke Donald Open, but you'd think this could be, like, Luke Donald light. Yeah, but he can't, put, like he can't putt anymore. It's weird. 300. Can I move on to the quick picks, or do you got more names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, names over. Over names. Quick picks for... The Honda Classic 2022. Louis Oosthuizen, 25 to 1. Numbers gone. So sorry. Would play it down to 20. Billy Horschel, 28 to 1. I'd only play that down to 25. I'm seeing an 18 at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's no good for me. Christian Bezadenhout, 60 to 1 with a top five each way. Still see it at 55. You can bet that, no problem. Danny Willett, 160 to 1. Michael Thompson, 125 to 1. And Patty Harrington. 140 to one with the top five each way. I'm thinking about Woodland or Wise or Vegas from that like 50 to 70 tier. And I think he gave me something to think about with Garrick Higo at 125 to one that I'm seeing right now. Doug Gim FOMO. Uh, for me, Louie 22, Norin 40, uh, Kirk 80. Those are the bets I've made. And um, Willett. And in the range I'm looking at, a couple of the names you as well. You've bet Bez. I'm still gonna stare that one down. That would that'd be a tough pill to swallow for me because, like you, I've watched, I've, I, I've bet him a lot through the swing. So why not stay at him? Weaker field, same number. Let's maybe stay on that. Uh, Woodland for all the reasons we've been discussing since Christmas. No wise. I'm so tempted with wise, but he seems like a forbidden fruit. Like he just seems painful. We'll like, see, I love him. I love it, him. Put I'm it this a way: fan. I'm a. If you if you can't get the 25 on Horschel or 28 on Horschel, if you want to tail me, and you only see like the 18 or whatever it's at, you could probably throw him off the card and go Woodland Wise Vegas for the same amount of money. Yeah, I could still be betting Fleetwood too. You're, you are betting Fleetwood. We, we know you're going to bet Fleetwood. <laughs> you might as well just oh, say his name. Say my name. like him. like him a lot. I'm blushing. One and done picks for the Honda Classic. I beat you last week, so I get to pick first. I'm still in first in this. Cust had Adam Scott, so he's now in second. You're in third. Completely forget who you had, but I took Rory, so he ended up with a top ten. I'm taking Louie for this event. Cust has selected Lee Westwood. I'll take Tommy Fleetwood. 
No Americans on the card. Interesting. All right, that'll do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. How do you like the new studio? Did you like seeing yourself on the big screen? Beautiful. Trip me out. Love it. Can't wait. Uh, you're going to let Tim in there, though? Is oh, that yeah. going to cause things to... It, it might cause, like, an electrical breakdown. I don't know. But, yeah, we can position the table this way, have him sit over there far enough away from me. So. Be like a booth. Get, like, someone to sponsor, like, a booth he can just be in. We just cut to a different camera, and he actually has a legitimate cuss corner over there. <laughs> Where it's like a padded room, like it's a mental asylum. I feel like that could work. Do we have to get him a like cr- do we have to get him a crown for when we do the custies? <laughs> like a throne, a crown, he gets all the awards. He would love it. A scepter, all that regalia, he would just die for. And the sad thing is he would take it to heart. He would just live the gimmick too. Loves it. Hundred percent. Uh, where can we find you later this week? Odds Checker? Yeah, Odds Checker. I'll be doing videos for them on Tuesday and Wednesday. One of them with Rick Gaiman. That'll be fun. You guys got to hang out last week in Vegas. I did not. Um, yeah. And then uh, Wednesday nights over at FTN. Then I'm going in for surgery on Thursday. So I'll just be... I guess, yeah, I don't know. I'll just be up enjoying the Honda. Hopefully I don't mistake zeros when I'm making some live bets on losers. I mean, based on the way that you're running right now, that'd be a good thing for you. Potentially. But I'm also one of those people like maybe, yeah, no, I I get it. But in the same way, I don't know, this can't keep going. In the same way, I don't think Neiman's going to win another one. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo for 20% off to run your own models, to do your own research, generate your own lineups. Check out the simulator, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Listeners League is in the description. Newsletter link is completely free. That's in the description. Smash the like on the way out. Got DraftKings and potentially, I'll put it out there, I'll let you know on tomorrow's show, on the DraftKings show, whether or not I'm doing the live chat, but it looks like that's going to be all systems go for Wednesday at noon Eastern on Mayo Media Network. So remember to sub now. Thank you all for watching. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.